0: Incoming transmission. Life, uh, finds a way. Start the Stark Contrast. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Stark Contrast. I am your host, Rod Stark. We're heading into the weekend. Got some fun stuff for you before you get there. I hope you enjoy it. First thing I wanted to talk to you about today was a thing called the nocebo effect that I learned about this week. Studies show that if you believe something will have a negative effect on you, you'll have those effects whether the thing is actually there or not. They used gluten when people thought there was gluten in a food and they believe themselves to have gluten intolerance they would have the effects of that gluten intolerance. They would feel sick, bloated, et cetera, whether that thing was there or not. So it's just another example of how powerful our minds are and how our intent can really have a great effect on how we feel about situations in our life. Maybe take that into account when you go into this weekend. I know uh, down in Florida right now, they're getting hammered by uh, Hurricane Michael. I'm hoping that uh, everything works out as well as possible it passes and we can recover from from another big hurricane coming through. So, to all you guys out down in Florida that listen, uh, I hope you make it through fine and here's to a speedy recovery with as little uh, power outage and damage as possible. As promised, uh, this episode includes the second half of my interview with Nicholas Blackmer. I hope you guys enjoyed the first half of the episode or er, of the interview. If you haven't listened yet to that I recommend doing that now, just clicking over, listening to the first part. This part, it's really powerful. I thought, I thought he did a great job finishing out the interview. I, we covered some great topics. This was a completely politics-free half of the interview, as well as a politics-free episode of The Stark Contrast. I hope you guys enjoy. Without any further ado, the second half of my interview with Nicholas Blackmer. When I first graduated high school, I went to Central Michigan. Did I tell you about this? No. I went f- with a uh, film broadcasting major. No shit. Yep. The first class I had on the history of film, the, when we started the class, the teacher asked everybody give you know, some of your favorite movies. And then he talked about some of those directors. Just like a yeah an icebreaker type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I I raise my hand and I give him a movie, and then somebody else raised a hand and they give. You know, he's going along, and all the movies that people listed that I actually enjoyed, the directors never went to school for it, and I was like, you know what? So after that, <laughs> like it's it's set in almost right away, and then I another class i had that semester was business law and it was taught by one of the local judges and his intensity and love of what he was doing subject wise compared to the um, film ca- the film guy i was like you know what if i'm gonna make films i don't need to go to that <laughs> so i i switched to a business major right i would here.
1: say you don't need to go to school for it it was just kind of i didn't know what else to do i wanted to stay at home and make you know Videos because I was afraid of debt. like so afraid of debt. <laughs> Still am.
0: Well, you know, I know with. Uh, but it's but I just needed people. It's networking too, yeah. I needed
1: people. Networking. You know, you need it's. It's not like music, and I don't think that making music is easier than making videos. Not by far. It you know, there, music is layered. If I could make something else, I would love to be able to make music, but I'm just not a musical guy. I love music. I love music sometimes more than I love movies, and I wish that I could do it, but. I, you know, I've already focused so much I almost feel a little bit trapped in that uh, you, luckily it is something I love to do, but I've pushed myself so far in this direction I don't really feel like I could do anything else. I mean I graduated with my de- degree last year and since then I've been working like straight up menial jobs. I mean I'm working a job right now where I get paid ten dollars an hour, which is one of the worst I've ever got paid in my life regardless of anything. The only reason I'm working it is because I can get nearly 50 hours a week. And that's, you know, and I can get overtime and stuff, so that brings it up to 15. But I've got a degree, you know. My dad's always harping me on this. I shouldn't be doing that shit. Um, but I've been look. I spent the first half a year after I graduated looking for film jobs around Michigan. That's just not existent, you yeah. know? Or if they are, they're not looking for somebody who they're looking for somebody they already know who networked in college. I always focused on the, you know, the creative aspect and making my own projects and stuff. So I'm just moving out there with the hope that there are jobs in my field. Yeah, I mean it, it it's weirdly something that, that it's like, oh cool, like you're tra- chasing your dream. People give me, you know, big ups for that, but then other people are like, Oh yeah, well good luck with that Which is right. kind of a bummer. But I'm almost more on the side of those guys. I don't actually think that I necessarily can go out and become a big hotshot director or filmmaker or anything like that. But when I was younger, I was really depressed and um I was on the brink of, you know, feeling suicide, suicidal thoughts, things like that. I think something that made me and my father have a really tense relationship somewhere around my teen years is after his brother. I was just thinking about this a few days ago. I had a really vivid, I don't know why, re- remembering it, but uh, had committed suicide. I came to my dad in, in what do you call it, in trust or what's, what's the you word? You confided huh? in him. Yeah, in conf... And I asked him about his brother and he was like, I think about him every day. And I was like, well, do you think maybe he made the right choice? And that's where our relationship fell out of sync a little bit. He wasn't very happy with me with that. So I didn't get, uh, but since then, you know, when I was 14, I made live my life about taking care of my little brother and other people and stuff. But then I had another period of time when I was 19 where I got really, really depressed and suicidal almost. And I decided to make it about, I'm like, look, you could end it right now and that'd be all right. You know, whatever. Or, I mean, you could just try. You could just try to become a movie star or whatever. Try this thing. And the worst thing that can happen is that you're right back where you started. You're not. And then you die. I'm like, in the end, I promise you, you're gonna get to die. (laughs) (laughs) Promise. 19-year-old Nick has got that coming. He's, you know, I promise has been made that's gonna happen someday. So it was just basically like, since now I'm living on almost what felt to me borrowed time, I might as well make it all about what I want to do and not ever try to feel trapped Because like I was saying earlier, I feel like that's when time passes the fastest is when I feel trapped. When I'm doing something I don't care about for an extended period of time, the only reason I've been able to stay here for a year and work this menial job is because I've got a goal in my mind of a place to go and a thing to do. I can't imagine. I feel so sorry for people who who feel like they have no choice and they have to work in a factory, because especially in Ionia, where I'm from, 1450 to start up at a factory, they'll move you up quick, but they're gonna work you 60 hours a week and you don't have a choice. Like, you come in, And Oh, but they'll take care of your, like, they'll sign you up with a bank account as soon as you get in. Their own private banking thing, there's an ATM in the building, they'll feed you lunch. They'll uh, they'll take care of you in every way that you need, and you'll make okay coin. But you have to be there every day and just sell, you just have to sell your life away. Right. And everything that you have going on up inside your head, and it's like, at that point, dude... I would rather be dead than spend a majority of my life lying in the pockets of some rich fuck that doesn't care about me and replace me the second I go away. The second I die, there's a new one to fill my place. So I'm stuck in a place where I'm not really that confident that I'm going to be able to become a movie star or anything like that. But I'm like, fuck it. What else could I do? I don't have anything else that I feel like I'm as good at or could ever be as good at. And I feel like I'm getting better at this every single time I make a project. So I'm essentially stuck and it's it feels good in some ways it's a little bit of a bummer in other ways but I mean it's cool now because you know it's it's not like I go out and make videos because I want to I just I I I feel a compulsion and I feel it necessary and I wouldn't feel alive I don't think if I didn't frequently create things and that's why I said I would do music probably if I didn't have videos because I feel the need to just create things and I know that I can make good shit I've shown people shit and then be like wow that's really cool and it's not just because they're my friends or anything strangers and stuff have critiqued it and you know I'm not good at getting it out in front of people's eyes but hopefully that'll be able to change with this move I've been telling myself in the back of my head you know when it comes to actual plan I want to get my girlfriend will probably hear this but I want to get like married in two (laughs) We've talked about it anyway. Married <laughs> in two years, kid in three or four, and uh, famous in seven. That's the plan. I'm like, right around like the top of my 30s would be nice. I don't expect to just show there and shit to just blow up. Have you ever seen the movie The Green Room? It's got Anton Yelchin in it. Nope, Poor no. dude. Yeah. You know what happened to him? Anton Yelchin from Star Trek? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. He put his car in neutral, went to get his hit fucking hit mail, and dude. his car crushed yeah. him against his house nobody knows how it happened or anything freak accident Uh. that's a bummer that's a real talented dude well this this movie green room it was made by a dude who's probably in his mid 30s he's like 34 or something it's only a second or third movie really highly critiqued it's got um who's the other guy from star trek uh patrick
0: patrick stewart
1: stewart yeah patrick stewart's in it and as a neo-nazi he's the bad guy he's the bad guy oh it's oh it's so awesome it's about a punk band that gets trapped in a green room just before they're supposed to go on stage because they witness a murder. And the whole bar where they're performing is owned by neo-Nazis, so they're just trying to they're just trying to kill them off kind of one by one, and they try to survive in this kind of... in the green room, which is the room right before right. they go out on stage. Yeah. It's badass. That's that Such sounds, a good flick,
0: dude. That sounds pretty good.
1: It was... It's so shocking, especially to hear Patrick Stewart, who's like, you know, a super nice guy, say things like the N-word or like... <laughs> <laughs> You know, like really not a shit. Yeah, yeah, just like some really white, white supremacist shit. It's like, oh my god, this guy, you know, is on Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, it's saying? like almost so to the level Picard, of like, a, you know,
0: <laughs> Mr. Rogers or somebody doing it. But it, yeah, Picard. I mean, yeah, Picard's like a <laughs> national treasure, but. Yeah, Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out.
1: It's funny, though. So uh, that was only his second or third movie. And I saw an interview with him and he was talking about it. And he was like, I know a million other directors that I went to school with. He's like, I went to film school. I went to film school for like six years. He went for a while. He said, I know people who are more talented than me that are at the level of success I'm at. And you know what the difference between them and me is? They quit. They stopped doing it. Yeah. He's like, I've just been getting better over time. And I know people who were significantly better than me, but their lives caught up to them or they had... Something out, they didn't think they were doing good enough. And now I've, I, I he's like, I think they'd be in a better place in their career than I am if they would have just kept going, but they didn't. And that's why I'm here is because people give up. So essentially that's something that I've latched on to my entire life is I, hopefully everybody else is a quitter, right? <laughs> you know, well, because I'm just going to keep trying sure, and, well. and it, it's kind of, kind of weird. This is what I used to tell people. I still kind of believe it a little bit when they say, you know, like, I'm like, I'm moving out to California and they're like, Oh, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to try to make movies. I'm like, who, you know, what's your uh you have a backup plan? I was like, yes, I've got this really sweet backup plan lined up. Die. <laughs> like, what's the and they're like, what? <laughs> they're like, what, are you gonna kill yourself? I'm like, no, no, dude. I'm just gonna keep doing it until I'm either successful from it or I die. Like, One or the other is gonna, gonna happen, happen first. <laughs> and either way, I win. Well, 19-year-old me does. I feel a little differently about it. Right now, I'm loving life. You know, I've got an awesome girlfriend who I, I want to start. a fam- That's the only thing that's coming up and kind of get in the way of it. It's like, I don't feel like I used to quite anymore. I don't feel like maybe if I didn't make it off movies, I'd want to die. I feel like I want to have a family. I want to have, I, you know, I'm in a weird yeah. place in my life. I want to have kids and a wife and a house and, and I want to have grandkids and get to meet them and stuff. You know, it's, it's not, things aren't the same as when I started this journey, but since I started it, I can't.
0: So you see away. yourself
1: as an old person now? I'm Older than I than when I was a teenager. Yeah. Like I mean, when I think differently about things. I have a lot. What I meant by that was like,
0: can you like vision yourself as like an eighty year old man?
1: Oh fuck no! I ain't gonna make it that long.
0: No <laughs> no 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 You're no, talking no. about grandkids and stuff.
1: Eighty? You should be able to see grandkids in your fifties. Yeah, probably. You should be able to see grandkids in your 50s, I think. My parents are, like, just well, in their I mean, 50s. And they had me late. They had me when they say, were, like, 26, dude.
0: Technically, I'm 35, and Liam's 15, so... You should have a grandkid I in the could've. next 15 years, I'm sure. <laughs> Hopefully more towards the of 15 than before, but... You
1: think? You'd want him to wait until he's 30? Yeah, why not? Well, I'm 24. I'm kind of aiming for... My parents had me when I was, like, 26. It's weird how the thing the things your parents do in their life. This is shout out for all parents. The things you do in your life that aren't that you don't even do in front of your kids, but the things you do in your life that they find out about, like how long you dated, you know, before you got married or um, what kind of things you did with a teenager, it doesn't matter as much what you're doing right now, but if your kids find out about <laughs> what yeah. they did, and it, it can be in a positive or negative light, it can be, because I, you know, most people get married after they've been dating for what, two or three years? I feel like isn't yeah. my parents dated for six years before they got married, and yeah, I've been dating my lot, girlfriend for it? five. Right. So I feel, everybody's like, well, Jesus, shit or get off the pot. <laughs> and I'm like, I just want to be sure, because that's what my dad always yeah. told me. So that's something where they did something, and I feel like it was really positive, positive. Because if we things might not have worked out if we got married three years ago and all right. of a sudden we attach those titles, you know? So that par- all parents, you know, there there are things that you're going to do in your younger years that are just going to come out from either a friend or a family member or you might even tell your kids themselves and you, you'll you be surprised how much of an impact that actually has on, on their character and how they want to live their life because people, even, even if you've got beef with your parents and stuff, Eminem's got beef with his mom and shit, he'll put on a song like, Nah, I'm mean, yeah, but I'm just like you. Like I'm here because of you. You, you did this to me. You know that I'm still gonna follow certain things because you're the one who raised them. So that right, they they do want to follow in your footsteps a little bit. They just want to do better, which well, is what you should want for your kids, right? And, like I want my kids to do better than me.
0: Yeah, I think every well there's some fucked up people out there, but most people would want <laughs> their kids to do better off than them. But I, I don't even well, think that's the whole that,
1: point of life in existence, right? Is to try to make sure that your kid, the, next, the generation next generation is lives longer, is healthier and has a better life. It has a better time, right? That's the whole point.
0: Well, by sad? then, by then we'll, we'll have the robot overlords. So it'll be always up an them. optimist, Rod. It'll all be up to them. Well, I, I I agree with what you're saying. Like the, the things you see with your parents do affect how you go and it, but it, It's not even necessarily that you want to mimic them. It's just what you see as natural. I've noticed that too with like people that had divorced parents as kids. I'm I'm not trying to explain why I'm just saying it happens. You know, I mean, it's
1: what you do and especially what they find out about that's going to happen, you know?
0: Well, we, we did a lot of shooting this week on the short. We've got some more to do next weekend and then you got to do the real work, which is, uh, Editing. editing i was obviously. thinking
1: i wouldn't mind hanging out with you and editing if you yeah. have any interest in because i know that's that's you said you went to school for it before and you've always been you know it, i would like to go ahead and give you some credit here because there have only been a few people in my life at certain point in times where i was really down that have pushed me in the right direction and tell me you know well maybe it's the right direction maybe i should have went into finance i have a <laughs> job right now way to go right. but i'm happy right now <laughs> right. i'm happy right now so somebody who was positive and told me because my parents It took a long time for them. They really were never really into the, okay, you kind of wanna make movies thing. My dad was always a computer guy, so he was like, do computers. He's like, there's money in it. There's money in it, you can do it. There's money in it. I was raised like, I I would say upper middle class, at least for this state. You know, not, I mean, not like my parents have a, we occasionally would like have a boat, you know, my, my house looks pretty nice and stuff, but it's not like, I mean, my parents figured out a way to do that, to, to, to live with, uh, to live a little bit above their budget. They're pretty smart in, in that kind of way. When it comes to finances and stuff, but they, they never really were too supportive of it until I was doing nothing. Until after like GRCC or anything, I was just worthless. I was just like working. And my dad's like, Well, the video stuff, do you like doing that? And I was like, Yeah, I'd love to do that. I want to do it with the rest of my life. He's like, Then you go to college for it and do it. <laughs> He's, He's like, like You need to do anything, something. Get the yeah. fuck out of my house.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> just do something. Yeah. He's like, I don't even care anymore. Like, if you can't make any. He's like, If you're doing something you like, go do it. He finally just kind of caved, which right. was cool. And since then, they've been real supportive of it. And I think they really like. my videos and stuff and I I don't know if they think necessarily that but they they know that I think that I can do something with it so sometimes that's enough you know you can't expect to know how the I mean and and it's cool because I for being so young I am well aware that I'm not that smart I mean I'm I'm smart but I'm not I'm naive I'm like super naive (laughs) like after I lived in Kalamazoo for just a few years and I saw some shit and lived through some shit you know beginning to adulthood where you don't you know, you see the world as as what it is. Some unsafe stuff. I, well, this is weird, kind of to get off on too. But this is something that I've been thinking about, a lot about with California. Even though you can't conceal carry, I really want a gun. I want to get a gun for my house. Maybe it's the Michigan in me or something. But when I was living in Kalamazoo, I witnessed firsthand a very brutal, what would you call it, act of violence, basically, I, an attack, what, what's the uh, the uh, lawyer term for it, essentially, the law term, like an assault. A battery, yeah. Yeah, assault, Some basically, battery. yeah, I saw, I mean, me and my girlfriend were just sleeping, I was drunk, yeah, and it was like 11pm on like a Wednesday night, or midnight, and the fire alarms just started going off, and we're like, the fuck, that's weird, we're like, oh, should we just sleep through it or go outside, and like, I don't know, and then all of a sudden we started hearing this screaming, like this, piercing scream, like somebody was on fire and we're like the fuck. So we got up and I'm in my PJs, shoes untied, drunk, and we just walked out into the hallway and down over to the stairs and there's just this really tall, large man, probably about 6'2", over top of a girl, pinning her down on the stairs. Looks he's got his fist balled up. He's on top of her and he looks up at us and he just sits still like a be- like a beast, like an animal or something. He was wired, man. He he had to have been on some fucking PCP or some coke or something like he was... He was not in his right mind, for he, sure. It, the way you look somebody in the eyes, he looked like an animal. You know what I mean? Basically right. his, eyes, his eyes were darty. And uh, he was like, everything's fine. And she was like, please help. And so my girlfriend was like, I'm calling the cops. And called the cops and walked away. And I started walking towards him. I was like, easy, easy. And he just started wailing on her. I'm talking punching with the force of all your might into a woman's head yeah. against a staircase. And I'm not talking like a carpeted staircase talking about like a shitty like outdoor yeah like a concrete yeah like busting her fucking dome against this thing and uh i mean jesus christ for the rest of the time that i lived in kalamazoo i kept a baseball bat right next to my door the one of the scariest things about that and that haunts my girlfriend of this day is that we're the only we're the only people who stepped out to check out what was going on yeah fire alarms going off and a woman was screaming like she was being burned alive There's a lot of times that that happens where bystanders don't get involved. They're just scared or something, or they don't want to check it out. It's like, Jesus, dude. I walked towards that dude a little bit, but I'll be honest, I was a little afraid. I couldn't stop him. I knew I couldn't. I was drunk, my shoes were untied, and I had my pajamas on. And I didn't have a weapon. And I just watched this girl get the ever-loving motherfucking shit beat out of her. Until he let up and basically took off out the door. Cops said he ran across the street, beat the shit out of somebody else. But uh, she ran up into my room she ran into our room we brought her in the room locked the door she fell on the ground crying she was completely covered her whole body covered in Boy. blood tears and piss it was quite unnerving and now you talk about something where i'm gonna be living you know 20 30 miles outside of compton it just it's a little unnerving yeah. now the place gets a bad rap i don't know i think they got terrific music coming out of there yeah. but Outside of that, dude, you know, even in the music, they're like, "Don't fucking come to Compton, bro." <laughs> like, yeah. word, all right.
0: <laughs> it sounds cool. But now you're like, "I'm moving." Now,
1: well, I just, you know, I'm worried. I'm really worried, especially moving somewhere else. You know, it's one of the first times because I've always considered myself a kid. I'm 24. I still consider myself a kid. I know some motherfuckers turn 18 or 16 and and slide their finger into a woman's hoo ha, and they're like, "I'm a man now." But <laughs> <laughs> you're not I'm a not man. Right? I did it. But I don't know, I've, I've still to this day, I've never considered myself a man. I feel like I've handled with shit that men have had to ha- handle, but I've just got too much of an imagination, not enough responsibilities to be a man. I, I don't have a kid, you know, I don't have somebody I'm looking after. I got my girlfriend that I take care of well enough, but she, she's making more money than me right now. That fucking me, you know? Yeah. She, I mean? We you. take care of each other, but, right. you know. So I wouldn't be as far as to go as far as to call myself a man, but I think I'm gonna be here shortly when we make this move and it's you know an, I'm it's handling shit to move and stuff and uh from your house, and know? I'm just worried that somebody in some place I don't know is gonna try to take the things I have try to take you know I'm moving out there with a pretty fancy camera some microphones and stuff it's not just that it's you know my lady or I'm not worried about not being able to defend myself but I gotta defend the people you know right the people i love and stuff especially if you start having kids and stuff all it takes is one dude who snorted too much shit to come and fuck your whole life up doesn't even know what's going on
0: i don't know though toddlers with guns are pretty dangerous <laughs> do you know the stats on toddlers with guns no five you times keep it
1: out of the jesus you don't leave it on the fucking <laughs> <People> <laughs> on your, do, under, though. Your, under your people pillow or that. like
0: on your nightstand dude five times as many people are killed each year by toddlers than by sharks <laughs>
1: Sharks don't kill... You know You know what
0: else? Sharks don't Kills kill Kills more people. people than
1: sharks. Please kill people. No, go ahead. Dolphins. Dolphins. Well, actually, dolphins rape more people than...
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dolphins dolphin rape, rape like eight a... people a year. There's not enough uh, news stories on dolphin rapes. It's... No, honestly. They, they hide that And shit. the victims Big of dolphin
1: rape should really come forward because those dolphins need to be brought to justice. There's no excuse yeah. to shove your weird multicolored penis.
0: Yeah. You, you into thought, a person. Thought Bill Clinton or Bill, Clint, Bill Cosby stuffs bad. Wait till all flippers allegations come out.
1: Yeah, you think it sucks? <laughs> oh man, that's too much.
0: Of <laughs> you better leave it at that.
1: No, it's all right. You just cut it out if it's too much. Good. He promises to cut this out if it's too much. One eternity later. All right, there you go. Cut that out. Thank you. <laughs> Leave it in, including the part where you say, cut this out. Don't, please. <laughs> Somebody's uh, going to, nobody even listens to this shit, and somehow somebody <laughs> will still find me and be like, hey, you making fun of dolphin rape victims? Well, we'll, we'll start <laughs> yeah, to wrap it up. Rape jokes, up. okay. Dolphins, yeah. no. Don't fucking joke don't, about don't,
0: dolphins. Yeah, don't mix dolphins into the rape jokes. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll kind of wrap it up there. I appreciate you, you know, sitting down to talk with me. Absolutely, Rod. You're right. Uh, uh, we'll, I'm going to put some of the links to some of your stuff in the description so thank you that way you know you can get a couple more eyeballs on it
1: yeah if anyone is an eminem fan uh the one of my favorite videos that i made was uh eminem's bad guy it's actually if you listen to some of his older stuff it's a sequel to the song stan and that's uh that's one of my favorite videos i ever made i went to detroit to make it and everything it's about a fan that goes crazy and uh has some uh, some issues he needs to take up with uh eminem i made that a few years ago and that's one of my favorites
0: Sweet. So that'll be in the link, and I'll, I'll make sure to put a couple of those things in the description so you guys can check it out. Once again, thanks for stopping by, Nick. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Nick as much as I did. It was uh, intriguing to hear a perspective from somebody that is 10 years younger than me and kind of falls in the mid- in between myself and Liam's ages. I wish... Nick and his girlfriend Jordan, a successful move to California and definitely success in their future endeavors. I think uh, he's got a great future ahead of him. I hope you all check out those links that I put on there, see kind of what he's doing so far. And I look forward to hearing from him and what he does as he moves. Like we mentioned in the episode, we did shoot a short movie and we're shooting some more of that this weekend. We're going to do some editing on it, then it's going to go quiet for a while. While he uh, puts it up for some different film festivals, etc. Hopefully uh, we hear back on that and it's successful. And either way, eventually we'll get to show everybody the final product. So I'm excited to uh, share that with you guys as well. Thank you once again for listening to the episode. We do have that hotline. If you guys had any questions or concerns you wanted to share with us, the number is nine two zero three nine five. 8930. Also I have the email. You can shoot us an email at at com. We accept any questions in the form of voice messages or you can just type them out if you do send them to that email address. I appreciate the clicks and the listens. If you would be so kind to share with friends, we can keep building this thing. It's shown exponential growth over the last month and I would like to keep that going so we can get this in front of some more people and and into their ears. So, thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Rod Stark signing out. And that's one to grow on. Beep 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 beep. We are robots. Oh! <laughs> Please join us at our live show. Live live live. Oh, that's what I was gonna do. Do do. <laughs> Mystery time. Adventure, Adventure hour. October 19th, 6 p.m. Studio 37 Nuevo Live, 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 Robot <laughs> Live. Yeah.